Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Brawley Martin, and I dropped in this beautiful Saturday morning, July 3rd, 2021, to ask, to talk about understanding the process of change. How many of you know that change is definitely a process? We're going to dig into it, but in one moment here, we're going to pray first. Father God, we just thank you for being together with us because you said we're two or three are joined together. There you are in the midst of us. And Lord God, we just thank you right now, Father, for giving us eyes to see, ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, Father. We thank you for a rhema word. And most of all, Father, we ask you for wisdom to do what we know. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many of you know that, you know, our heart desire, everybody desire really sincerely is to change. Um, We want to change. And, you know, we hear people say it all the time when they get delivered from stuff. Well, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not, I come out of alcohol anonymous or whatever. I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm not going to smoke anymore. We come out of rehab facilities. We come out of prison. I'm not going back anymore. I'm I'm not going to marry like that no more. I'm not going to do that no more. I don't know whatever it is your, your no more is. But that, when we hear people saying that, that's their heart crying saying, you know what? I want to change. I don't want to be like this. You know, um, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, But Lord, I don't know how to. So how do we change? People want to change, but they don't know how to change. So I like to say, um, in order to change where we're at, we're definitely going to have to change our mindset because our thoughts are the things that have us stuck in the position that we're in. You know, I constantly talk about the children of Israel, how even though God had given them the promise, in the end, they did not inherit the promise. Why wasn't they able to inherit the good things, the land that was flowing with milk and honey, all the good things, everything that they needed was in the promised land, but yet they was not able to possess the promise that God had promised them. And why was this? Because it was their mindset. It's their, it was it's their mindset that was keeping them where they was at. In order to change where we're at, we're going to have to change our choices. Because your body is going to do what the mind tell it to. It's just work like that. That's how God created it. Right? So in order to change our position, we got to change our choices. So we have to see what the counsel of God is, though, because I'm not talking about mind over matter. I'm talking about the word of God over the matter. Okay? Because the word of God is... It is the power of God under salvation. And the same way we prayed the prayer of salvation and got saved. And some of us, like me, had a Damascus Street experience. It was something instantly. Um, I was changed. You know, um, like Saul on the road to Damascus. He was going, he had papers in his hand to kill Christians. But when, when the Lord finished with them, when he left that place, Damascus, he was, he was on his way back to a witness to the Christians. <laughs> they was afraid of him because they didn't know he had changed. <laughs> they was afraid. I'm just saying that's how dramatic his transformation was. So change is possible. I don't want you to feel hopeless. I don't want you to think that I've been living like this all these years and and I can't change. The woman with the issue of blood, she had that issue of blood for, oh God, for years and years and years, right? The man that laid on the on, by the pool of Bethesda for 38 years on that mat, he probably thought that was his life. That was his lot in life. And he had even became kind of stuck in his story. But thank God for his grace and his mercy because 
even when we're not crying out to him, he still sees us and he has mercy on us. I thank God for his grace and his mercy, his undeserved favor. Um, because even when we were yet sinners, he still went on and died for us because he still loved us. Right? Okay, so I'm dropping in to talk about how to change. Understanding the process of change. We know that Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about us presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. And be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So we will know that good, acceptable, and perfect will, right? We cannot know God's good, acceptable, and perfect will for our lives without renewing our mind. We have to put on the mind of Christ. What are the thoughts of Christ? What is the counsel of God concerning the itch, the situation, concerning the issue in your life, concerning that your thought life? You know, how many of you know that we can be super spiritual in one area and defeated in another area? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Because none of us have arrived. So we don't we don't know everything. We're growing from faith to faith and glory to glory. And this is why everybody needs somebody. Because we're only one part of the body. We're not we're not an island by ourselves. A finger cannot survive if you cut it off and separate it from the rest of the body. I don't care how good you are with your hand. If you cut that hand off, it's going to dry up and die. So every joint supplies a need. So we need each other. We need to be connected because somebody else has something in them that can help you get to your next level. Okay, so we're talking about change. We're talking about change. We, we say we're tired. Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Okay, that's that's true. And that person is sincere. You say, well, they're not serious because they keep doing it. No, that they are serious. They just don't know how. They don't realize that in order to change where they're at, they're going to have to change their mindset. So what what is it that you're willing to do different to change? Change where you if you if you're constantly getting the same results, that's because you're making the same. Uh, decisions. You're thinking the same thoughts. The children of Israel wandered in the wilderness all those years because they were thinking the same thoughts. And so when you see yourself stuck in a pattern you and it's like I'm, I'm going back abusive relationship, whatever it is in order for things to change, somebody has to be willing to change their mindset. And I'm not talking about mind over the matter. I'm talking about getting in the word of God, seeing what the word of God says to do concerning the marriage as a, as a husband or a wife or concerning the finances or concerning the children or concerning you as an individual. What is the counsel of God concerning you? And know this too. Let me, let me say this. Husbands and wives, your wife is not your project. And wife, your husband is not your project. And as long as we see each other as being the problem, we're not going to see a need to change. This is why we have to confess our own faults one to another. No more excuses. I did a podcast the other day called No More Excuses. I don't know about you, but I'm not responsible for what my husband do or don't do. I am responsible for what God is telling me to do. See, so this is why I say the power is released in our submission and not in the competition. It's not about who got the last word. If the last word is not God's word, then the word that word ain't no good anyway. You know, it's not going to bring forth good fruit. Remember that our words are like seeds being sown into the hearts and minds of others, right? 
So when we're speaking words, life, death, life and death is in the power of the tongue and we will eat the fruit thereof. We're going to, in other words, we're going to eat our words. We're going to have what we say. So just really think about it. Our words are framing our world. Oh, they're never going to change. Oh, they always act like that. Oh, they they ain't going to change. Let's be careful of the words. Oh, they're bad. Let's watch the words that we're speaking. Words that we're sowing into the lives of our children. Words that we're sowing into our marriage. Words, uh, you know, words that we're speaking over our spouses, over ourselves, over other people. Those are curses. Life and death. Are we speaking life or are we speaking death? The word of God is the power of God. You're, it, it, you're, stop looking at, pe- at as your husband as being your project or your wife as being your project. We're God's project. People are not called to change other people, but people are called to pray for other people. And my, my model in life is if God can save me, he can save anybody. Why? Because I don't think more highly of myself than I ought. Because that's what a self-righteous spirit does. A self-righteous spirit causes you to forget where you are, who you are, and where you came from. It causes us not to see ourselves. It causes us to forget what we did. And it causes us just to look down on other people. And, and I've seen people judge people and they've done the exact same thing. And I'm, and I'm thinking, don't they remember they did that? They did that exact same thing. My prayer is Holy Spirit, bring it back to our remembrance whenever we're going to try to judge someone else. Quicken us, convict us, Lord, convict us. We thank you for your conviction power, for bringing it even to our remembrance, whatever we have to do in order not to judge someone else. And we ourselves are guilty of doing the same thing. I mean, for me, when you go experience something in life, uh, my prayer is, Lord, that it will cause us to have compassion for others, not to judge others, because we too would then remember, Lord, I remember it was me. Or if not for the grace of God, it could be that could be me, you know. So let's learn to love people and not judge people. I'm not talking about not correcting. It's a difference in rebuking and correcting. Than not judging. Judging someone is to condemn them and break them and, and tear them down. It's to say you're guilty. But when we convict people, we're trying to um, get people to see where they are, not to crush them. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful is the kiss of an enemy. A friend will tell you the truth and it may hurt your flesh. That's why the wounds, it say faithful are the wounds. But when a friend, who someone who loves you, tells you the truth, it's coming from a good place. And even though it may hurt our flesh, because that's the only thing that's suffering. The spirit is fine, you guys. It's our flesh that's suffering. Let that flesh suffer and just do whatever whatever the correction was. And it's going to bring about righteousness, peace and joy in all of us. You know, um, but um I'm talking about understanding the process of change. So in order to change, you know, Proverbs 4, 23, 24, it talks about guarding our heart for out of it flows the issues that are in your life or out of it flows everything that we do. Right. So the issues that are in our life is coming from what's inside. But when we as long as we're blaming other people for how we are, for what we do, for what we say, well, if they hadn't did that, then I wouldn't have said this. They made me mad. That statement of weakness, because what we're saying is. They got power and control over me, right? No, people can't, the same way people can't make you do good, they can't make you do bad. Now, I know the Bible talks about provoking fathers, not provoking their children, you know, um, but we're not talking about that here. I'm talking about as mature, grown people, when we're sitting up saying, they made me cuss, they took me there. No, you let them take you there. 
And when we can just confess it, admit it, and then we can quit it. When we confess it, don't don't just say, yeah, I know I got problems. Yeah, No, no, no. Say, Lord, help me to change this. Lord, help me. I don't want to be like this no more, Lord. Help me to change that. Lord, I don't want to be like that. Lord, help me to change. See, we're the main subject of our own life story. God wants us to grow from faith to faith and glory to glory. But my, I am responsible for my own spiritual growth. I am responsible for my own spiritual decline. If I backslide, it's because of choice that I made. When we see people that's homeless, people are homeless for different reasons. We can't be judging people that's homeless because we don't know their story. Um, but but I do know that life don't just happen. You know, people really do lose their job. And a lot of us are one paycheck away. Uh, if you don't have enough money in the bank to cover your next month rent. Come on now. What I'm saying is just we cannot stereotype a group of people based upon maybe our experiences with one or two people. Remember, those are mindset strongholds. We have to understand the process of change. So if you say you want to when we say we want to change where we're at, we have to be willing. The first thing we have to be willing to do is maybe repent of what we've done or whatever. I don't know. Um, And then we need to. begin to make different choices how can I reverse this you know I just went for my physical and, and the doctor said uh do you want a dietitian I said no <laughs> you know why I said no because I understood how I got to where I was I wasn't in denial of how I got to where I was okay so I knew that in order to get to undo what I did I have to do opposite to what I did I had to make a, a choice Okay, uh, okay, I understand how I got here. No more sodium, no more this, no more that. I need to walk, I need to go back to doing this, go back to doing that. I understood. I had backslidden from what I was doing. So now, in order to fix the problem, I just got to live the opposite to what I was eating before because I understand how I got here. So when we understand how we got to where we are, we just do the opposite to undo what isn't that what Jesus did he said for this purpose was the son of God manifest to destroy the works of the devil so the first thing we're going to have to do if we don't know Jesus Christ Romans 10 9 and 10 tells us we want to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God he did die he's going to raise again we're going to have to confess Jesus Christ that's the first step in transformation I'm talking about real change I'm not talking about mind over matter new age I'm talking about Christ over the matter Okay, then the the next thing we're going to have to do, we need to get water baptized if we can, because that's identifying with the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. A lot of people get baptized and don't know what it means. But when we go under the water, that's identifying with the death. And when we come out of the water, that's identifying with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what it is. It's a symbolism. It doesn't save you or anything like that. We're just identifying with him as disciples. Even Jesus was baptized. So as disciples of Jesus Christ, we're called to mimic him. You, you notice how your kids, when you when you uh, have high heel shoes on and how your kids are coming and put their feet in their shoes. and They copy what they see you do. And that's what, you know... That's that's why we have to be mindful of what we're doing in front of our kids because we're teaching them how to live by how we live, right? And so that's what Jesus came to do, though. He came to make disciples, and he said, look, I want you to look at me. I want you to follow me, and I want you to do what I do. I want you to live the way I live. I want you to be my disciples. We call them mentors, but Jesus came to mentor or to disciple his disciples. And so he said, Christ is like, I want you to mimic me. Do as I do. Jesus said, I only do what I hear my uh, father. See, 
I only do what I see my father do and I only um, say what I hear my father say, right? So in order to change where we're at, we have to do Romans 12, 1 and 2. Read that, write that down. We have to change. Be not conformed, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind. Then we, we're going to have to guard our heart. We, you know, we need to guard our heart by uh, keeping perverse speech far from us. Proverbs 4, 23, 24. I believe it's 25. Um, guard, um, putting perverse speech far from us. You know, speaking perverted things. Watch the words that we speak. Watch the words that we hear. Uh, keep our feet from going into evil places. We need to, we want to change our places, people, and position. You know, we want to change some things. Because if we hang with evil, we're going to continue to be evil. Proverbs say, hang with evil, become evil. Hang with wise, become wise. I'm, that's the word of God. This is what Proverbs says. So why is this? Let me explain that scripture to you. Isn't that what we try to train our kids to do when they was coming up? You wanted to keep them away from the troublemakers and kids that like to get in trouble because you know the influence. It's the influence. What is the influence? The influence is the spirit. When we say stuff like, oh, they're a bad influence, really what we're talking about is that spirit that's on them is a bad spirit. And it influences people to do evil things. How many of you know Ephesians 6 and 12, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood? Please write down these scriptures and go back and look them up. Ephesians 6 and 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rules of darkness, right? So our fight is not against flesh and blood people. How many of you know that? That our fight is not against flesh and blood people. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. So when we say, well, they're a bad influence, what we're saying is that spirit that's on them is a bad spirit. And it's on a, it's influencing this other person to act like them, talk like them, act evil like them. Hang with evil, become evil. Let me explain that. Famous um, 3 and 3 says, how can two walk together except they both agree, right? So in order to um, walk in agreement with something, a fellowship with someone, you have to walk in agreement with them. In other words, you have to come into agreement with that spirit that's on them. And what happens is when you come into agreement with that spirit that's on them, that spirit that's on them comes on you and it begins to influence you. And this is why you see people acting like each other. Oh, girl, you sound just like that other person. Y'all y'all hang together so much. Y'all talk alike. Y'all look, y'all dress alike. What, what says this? That spirit that's on them is influencing that other spirit on the spirit that's in you. And so now you, in order to, that's why the proverb says that a wise man chooses his friends carefully. These are proverbs. I'm telling you guys, proverbs, I mean, if you don't start, read some proverbs because proverbs is every day. It's easy to read. It's easy to understand everyday life situation. Proverbs is the voice of God. It's the wisdom of God, but it's the voice of God. Just like we're sitting down our kids and trying to tell them right from wrong. Proverbs will teach you right from wrong. Wisdom is the principal thing. But in all our getting, we need to get some understanding too, because we need to understand how to do what we know. Wisdom is going to tell us how to do what we know. We need to understand what we need to do. And wisdom going to tell us how to do what we know. I like to ask the question, do you know how to do what you know? 
We have to know how we to do what we know. Otherwise, we're not going to bear fruit. But how do we change? I'm, I'm working with someone now and they, they're ready to change. You can't really work with people until they are ready to change. Uh, it's kind of like the prodigal son. When the prodigal son left the father's house, he let him go. It, the story didn't say he ran after him or anything. You know, he gave him what he asked for and he let him go. Right? So he let him go. And then he sat there and he waited. And when it was when the prodigal son came to the end of himself after he had spent all his money, he spent everything that the Lord had blessed him with in the street, carousing, partying, doing what he wanted to do, right? Because when we don't do what God wants us to do, that's what we're doing. We're doing what we want to do. So he left him because God is love is choice, not force. So he let him. He didn't try to override his will. He let him go. But the prodigal son, when he came to the end of himself, after he spent everything, the partying was over, the strips clubs was done, he got all the things that he thought he wanted, and in the end, he was still empty, and he ended up with nothing. Love not the world, nor the things of the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. The prodigal son was drawn away by the love of the world. It was the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life that drew him. That's what lures us. The world wants us to think that we're missing out on something. When in fact, if we're not living for Jesus Christ, he who finds his life, uh, he whosoever is willing to lose his life, for my sake, Jesus said, he's going to find it. But whosoever uh, can uh, try to hold on to his life is going to lose it. In other words, as long as I'm bent on doing what I want, it keeps me from doing what God wants. And I'm going to lose my life because it's going to bring about death. Because when we're living opposite to who God is, we're living a lifestyle of sin and rebellion. And the wages of sin is death. It's not going to lead to life, peace, godliness, joy. In the end, it's not going to be a life of fulfillment. In the end, when we're bent on doing what we want and not doing what the Lord asks us to do, in the end, it's just misery and woe. And sin is good for a season. The Bible says that sin is good for a season. But I'm telling you, I know about that season because when that season is over, it's like the bottom drops out of your life. Like I used to like to go to the clubs and dance. I love to dance. But see, really what I was going for, I was looking for joy. Because I lo- that's what it brought me. It wasn't so much the alcohol. It wasn't all of that. I love to dance. I mean, I could dance the whole night. But I was empty on the inside. And guess what? It, it was fun for a little season. But when as the more the Lord started drawing me out of that lifestyle, it left me empty. And I became like addicted because after when the music stopped, I dropped. It's kind of like someone being addicted to drugs. When the when the high is down, you're back at bottom zero, right? But I was looking for joy. I was looking for Jesus. Really, that's what I was looking for. I was looking for peace. I was looking for happiness. But how many of you know that the peace that God gives us, it's not like the world gives us. His peace that is past all understanding. It covers your heart and mind for real. It, when you go through things and it, and they're really tragic and really bad, but God can keep you at peace even in the midst of your storm. Even I'm telling you, I'm testifying to you what I know. I'm telling you, I've done been through some storms in life. That's why when people say you're patient, it's because I said I had a lot of trouble because tribulations work patience, right? And patience produce character. This is what the word of God says. Tribulations work patience and patience produce character. So we don't have to pray for patience because tribulations going to work that patience. 
Why is this? Because when we go through trouble, we can't control the trouble, especially when someone else is causing the trouble. See, the 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 uh, when the winds and the storms and all that came, when Peter was walking on the water, and all the the winds and he he didn't have no control over that. Jesus did. He later taught him that he could rebuke the storms and the winds. But what I'm saying is. We don't really have control over other people. Yes, we can bind it and, and command it to go, um, but we people can't are not called to change other people. This is what I'm saying. Only Christ can. We're called to pray for other people. We're called to be the light in the, uh, people's darkness. We're called to be ministers of reconciliators. We're called to be ambassadors of Christ. We're called to be the salt of the earth. In other words, we're called to live Christ-like. We're called to let our light shine. Our light is our lifestyle. Let your light so shine that men will see your good works, right? And your father will be glorified. That's what the word says. So when my lifestyle is a reflection of Jesus Christ, they're going by the works. They're going to see, yes, you're really going to have to do something sometimes. They'll see your good works and they'll know it has to be because of God. That's why when you do something good for someone, you want to, you want them to understand and know you want to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, because your goal is not to draw people to you. Your goal is to draw people to Christ, right? So you want them to know I'm doing this because God loves you. I'm doing this because the Lord had us to stop by to check on you. I'm doing this. Um, we was helping this one lady. She was like, well, I was just crying out to the Lord. And, and I said, well, he heard your cry. And he had us to stop by here because the Lord Jesus wants you to know that he heard you and that he loves you. You are the answer to someone else's prayer. You are the labor that someone else has prayed to the Lord for their children to go across their children's path. Jesus said, therefore, pray to the Lord of harvest that he will send forth labors into his harvest because the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send labors into his harvest. Right. So when we pray, Lord, send labors, send forth labors into the lives of my children. Holy Ghost, spirit filled labors so they will hear your word and be drawn to you, you know, so they, too, can be saved. You know, Lord, send forth labors into the path of my lost loved ones. Send forth labors into the path of my my spouse, my friends, or the, those who don't know you, Lord. Or, Lord, use me as a labor for someone who don't know you, right? Because we're, we're ministers of reconciliators. We're called to reconcile people back to the Father, right? And sometimes it's not always in word. Sometimes it's in deed. That's why outreach is so important. Because outreach is Christ reaching out. Right? So Jesus fed the hungry. He did. He told us, he said, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you visit me. When I was sick, you you visit. You came, you know, you pray for me. Um, they said, Lord, when did we do all this to for you? He said, well, when you've done it unto the least of them, you've done it unto me. When I was in prison, you visit me. He said, this is why Colossians tells us whatever, whatsoever we do in word or deed to do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because it's the goodness of God that draws people unto repentance. So when we're good to people in the name of Christ, not in our own goodness, because our own goodness outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us is like a filthy rag. So what I tell people who say, well, you know, I'm a pretty good person. I don't break the law. I don't do this. I don't do that. So what I used to say to them was, well, why live a good moral life here on earth? And when you die, you go to hell because you didn't accept Jesus Christ. 
If you if you're gonna follow the rules anyway, if you're gonna be a good person anyway, why not be a why, why not be good in God? Because our righteousness cannot get us into heaven. We we must go through the blood of Jesus. We must be washed and cleansed. Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." And when we try to go any other way, He said, "We are thieves and robbers." Yes, I said that. How many of you know that you guys know my favorite verse, John 8, 32. Jesus said to those Jews that believe, if you continue my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. How many of you know we got to know the truth in order to be set free from a lie? We have to know the truth to be set from a, free from a lie. So here, I'm here today. I'm here to tell you the truth. Uh, what the word of God says and it's up to you we get guess what we get to choose we can continue to think the same thoughts and live the same way we're living the same way because we're thinking the same thoughts in order to do something different we're going to have to think different and we're going to have to make different choices life does not just happen it was one choice one decision at a time and that's how we got to where we were I mean when we're in a car and we're driving to leave to go from my house to the gym there's some things I'm gonna have to do I gotta make a decision to put the car in reverse so I can back it out the driveway then I have to make another decision to turn in the direction that I need to go I have to make some decisions to stop at stop signs I have to make decisions to make more turns you know but the whole time I'm making decisions and based upon those decisions that I'm making that's those decisions brought me to where it was that that I ended up at it's those decisions that took me to the gym then I had to make reverse decisions in order to get back to where I wanted to be to get back to the house I had to do the opposite in order to get back to where I wanted to be some of you have left the father's house and guess what when the prodigal son backslid when he left the prodigal's house when he left the goodness of God when he left when he left uh when he backslid when his life began to go sink like in a dark hole it was all because of the decision that he made it was to leave to depart from his father's house and some of us have backslid and some of us have departed from the father's house and some of us has I don't know some of us are is mad at the father because we blame God for some of the things that he did but I'm I'm here to tell you that God didn't do it because if it wasn't good it wasn't God because every good and perfect gift comes from from the Lord above and sickness is not our teacher and he doesn't use sickness and disease to teach us he can he uh the holy spirit is our teacher but I don't know about you one thing he does do is when we love the Lord he does cause all things to work together for our good He calls all things to work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Now that he does do. That's his promise to us. That he will cause all things to work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. He promised us that. So he can take those wrong mistakes that we made because God knows we've made a lot of them. And when we come and submit ourselves to the Lord, he'll take that mess and turn it into a message. He'll take those tests and turn them into testimonies. And what the devil meant for evil, God turns it around and he calls it to work together for our good. You know, Joseph said to his brother, those things that you meant for evil, God used it. Look what they did to to Joseph. They was going to kill him, but thank God for one brother saying, no, let's sell him. 
They didn't know that it was his transportation into the direction of his destiny. That was his transportation to Egypt. He probably wouldn't have left Egypt on his own, but the devil thought he was doing something evil. But the whole time, God's hands was on Joseph's life. Joseph wasn't trying to resist God. It was easy. It's easy to work with someone when they're yielded. The Bible says whoever we yield our members to, that's who we serve it to. If we yield our members to righteousness, then uh, we're going to live righteous. If we live our members to unrighteousness, then we're going to live, you know, evil. Um, so it's whoever we yield our members to. I like to say, Lord, I'm not uh, uh, fighting against you. I want what you want. It's, can we say that? Can we throw up our hands and, and surrender our heart and say, Lord, um, not my will, not what I want. Lord, I want what you want. Let your will be done in my life this day. It's called the place of surrender. It's the garden of Gethsemane. And that's the place Jesus went to when he prayed to his father. And he was sweating those great drops of blood. And he said, Father, if there's any other way, let this uh, cup of suffering pass from me. But nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but let your will be done. He said, not not, not what I want. My flesh don't want to do this, okay? That's another thing. We have to understand that um, the flesh, the carnal mind is enmity against God. The carnal mind is the unrenewed mind. Jesus was saying, Father, not what my flesh want, not my will. Because my flesh, he was a human being, y'all. He, he felt it. He was saying, not what my flesh want. Not my flesh will, Lord, but let your will be done. Not what I want, Lord, but let your will be done. I don't want what I want, Lord. I want what you want. Right? And that's what we have to do. Is your won't getting in the way of God's will? A lot of times, that's what we're doing. I don't want this. And I don't want that. And how many of you know that it's not about the comfort of our flesh? We must crucify our flesh daily. Because our flesh is opposite to the will of God, to the way of God, and to what God wants. When I hear people sit up and say, oh, I don't want. Some people don't do nothing in life except for what they want. And those are the most miserable people in the world. Because God did not create us to be selfish. It was for God so loved that he gave. How many of you know that love is giving? And that when, I don't know about you, but I, I feel the uh, I'm most alive when I'm being able to help someone else. Because love is giving. It's not selfish. The most miserable people in the world. You show me a miserable person and I'm going to show you a selfish person. Because God did not create us to be selfish. He created us to be givers. Because that's who he is. It was for he so loved that he gave. Why did God give? Because he so loved. Right? I hate to tell you this, but it's not about us. It's about us submitting ourselves under the mighty hand of the Father, surrendering our will for God's will, surrendering our way for God's will. I like to tell people, if you're going to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ, a disciple of Jesus Christ, you're going to have to be flexible. Let me tell you the job description. The job description for being a disciple, you're going to have to be selfless. You're going to definitely have to be flexible. And you definitely cannot be stuck in your ways. Because being stuck in our ways keep us from being yielding keep causes us not to yield to God's way it's all about what you want that is the most miserable life it's the flesh life the flesh is contrary to the spirit the flesh wants the things of the world the spirit wants the things of the word the word um the things of God 
And so the flesh and the spirit, that's the turmoil, that's the fight. Our flesh is warring against our spirit. Our spirit wants to do the right thing. The Apostle Paul says, when I want to do good, evil is always present. Right. Because the devil is there. He's there to distract us, to keep us from doing the right thing. He doesn't want us to do. Because how many of you know, every time we do what God say, we're we're not doing what the devil wants. We're resisting him. Every time we do things God's way, we're resisting him. But how many of you know we need the power of the Holy Ghost? It's the Bible say that it's the spirit that even willeth us to do good. It's the Holy Spirit. Because I don't know about you before I accepted Jesus Christ. I wasn't talking about going to church. Didn't want anything to do with church. I wasn't talking about doing. I was always helping people because that was that's part of who I am. He put that in me, right? I always wanted people to do good. I, if I knew something, I always wanted to tell someone else so they can know it too, so they can do, you know, it wasn't about, oh, I got this dress for, for $20. I'm not going to tell anyone because I don't want them to wear the same dress. That's selfishness. Matter of fact, if I got it for 20 if I got it for 50 and I know where you can get it for 10 I'm going to tell you so you can go get it for less. That's my heart. That's what God put in me. I've always been like that, even before a believer. I'm telling you, the most miserable life is a selfish life. So find someone else that you can help because really, honestly speaking, God used people to help other people. So a lot of times we're looking at stuff and we're saying, well, someone needs to do this and someone needs to do that. You may just be that someone because the man with the with the passion is a lot of times a man with the call. You may be the one or maybe the Lord wants you to volunteer to help someone who's already doing it. The thing that breaks your heart. The thing, you know, you've been riding the streets all day, but nothing and and didn't see nothing. But when you came up on this situation or you heard about this on the radio or it arrests you. When the Holy Spirit arrests you, in other words, he brings something to your attention. That is probably more than likely part of your call. Where do you feel most uh, fulfilled doing what? And I'm not talking about in your flesh. I'm not talking about sitting at home all day watching Netflix. How many of you know that our time is not our time? That our time has been given to us by God. And we must redeem our time. Because when we're not redeeming our time, we're wasting our time. Lord, what do you want me to do today? Lord, where do you want me to go today? Lord, use me as a labor. You know, I don't. that's our prayer. Do you agree with this? If so, pray this prayer. Father, use me as a labor today to help someone else. You know, a lot of times we think that we can't help anyone else until we first help ourselves. Well, that's true to a certain extent. I mean, um, I'm not even going to say that because like I said, the lepers were healed as they went, right? Your deliverance is attached to your obedience. Our, our deliverance is attached to our obedience. You see, our uh, deliverance is attached to our obedience. If we want change, we're going to have to do something different. We're going to have to think different thoughts. I'm not talking about us just sitting down trying to, uh, you know, that's why those New Year resolutions that people make don't work because the Holy Spirit is not attached to it, right? We said, well, I want to lose weight. Well, my prayer is, Lord, Holy Spirit, help me and show me how. That's how I pray. Holy Spirit, you say you're the Father. Jesus said, you will not leave me comfortless, but you will leave me with a helper. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to help me to lose weight. Show me how. Give me your wisdom. 
and I want the plan of God. I want the counsel of God concerning that area of my life. I'm not just trying to sit up here and think of stuff to do. I want to know, Lord, because my pathway to uh, to losing weight might not be the same. Your pathway to losing weight. Okay. So um, we have to ask God for wisdom. Holy Spirit showed me how. Father, you said you, the Holy Spirit is my helper. Now, Father, I'm asking you to let the Holy Spirit ask him to show me how to do whatever it is. Show me how to control this anger. Show me where this is coming from. Because not all anger is bad anger. We have the holy anger. You know, Jesus was angry when he went in a temple, overflipped the tables. I'm not talking about that anger. I'm talking about the flesh anger. That destructive force that causes you to punch those holes in the wall. Really, um, I know you think that your wife or your kids or your boss or whatever made you angry but the truth of the matter is you didn't just get angry anger was already in you right and we're going to have to really deal with the real issues because it's in our flesh it's called the work of a flesh and so we got to say lord what is this attached to what is the trigger because your triggers are your issues and these are the buttons that the devil is pushing to get us to act outside of god's character so what is it attached to because Every area in our lives, whether there's an addiction, a stronghold, or a bondage, is an area in our lives that's attached to a devil's lie. So what lie is the devil telling you to get you to do what God told you not to do? This And that's the work. You see, when I say we're the uh, main subject of our own life story, because it's me, Lord. I am the work. You are the work. You let God fix you. Quit trying to fix your wife. Quit trying to fix your kids. But take some time out daily and say, Lord, here I am. Fix me. Show me me. Know everything. Look at your life in those areas where you say, when you blame other people for your behavior. Oh, I did this because they did that. Then uh, Jesus, they're not your Lord. Jesus is supposed to be your Lord. And I don't know about you, but the Lord said, vengeance is mine. Two wrongs would never equal to what's right. Unless we forgive it, we're going to continue to relive it. Are you willing to forgive it? Because you can't let it go unless you're willing to forgive it. Because whatever you don't let go of is going to hold on to you. And it's going to continue to grow and to produce fruit. Nothing happens without a seed. Our actions are seeds being sown into the lives of others our words are seeds being sown into the heart and the mind and the life of others nothing happens without a seed right you look at everything that's been that's grown around us there was a seed that caused it to produce jesus said be fruitful and multiply not just with children, but the Bible says it brings our Father good pleasure when we bring forth fruit. God wants us to be fruitful. We know the story about the vine. Jesus said, I am the a vine, the branch, you're the vine. If you abide in me, I'll abide in you. You can ask however what you will and I'll, and I'll do it. But if we don't abide in him, then he's not going to abide in us. If your word abide in me, when, we, when his words abide in us, we're abiding in him and he's abiding in us. We must be able to renew our mind. If you want to change where you're at, you must be willing to get, make some different choices. You can't keep doing the same thing, expecting different different choices. This is why when she said, do you want a dietitian? I said, no. Why? Because I wasn't trying to blame anybody. I wasn't in deception or denial about the, how I got here. I understood how I got here. I knew exactly what I was doing. I knew what I was doing. So 
And in order to get to change where I'm at, I have to stop doing what I was doing. And I have to do different. I have to make different choices. And that's how we change come about. Change is choices. Is your want keeping you where you're at? Because our want is opposite to God's will. When we're doing what our flesh wants, every time, just know that we're not, sometimes we, we think we know the story because we, we base our, our life on, when we're basing our life on life experiences, we, it's causing us to have a whole bunch of mindset strongholds because mindset strongholds are formed by our limited life experiences. Because it happened like that for them, don't mean it's going to happen like that for you. Just because it happened to you last time like that don't mean it's going to happen to you like that this time. But two, the choice starts with you. I know we're thinking, we're blaming it on the people, but really at the end of the day, we have to say, Lord, why did I make that choice? Why did I choose that evil person? I already knew that they had the devil in them, but yeah, I still chose them. It doesn't make them bad. They was already like that when I met them. It, it, it says something about me. Why am I choosing making the same kind of choices? We have to look at our choices because our choices are, they're coming out of our belief system. So we got to have to deal with those mindset strongholds. 2 Corinthians 10 talks about casting down, um, um, pulling down strongholds pulling out strongholds, casting down those evil imaginations and those thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God and bringing them into obedience to the knowledge of Christ. We're making those decisions. Those decisions, you say, well, that was a stupid decision. Why do I keep making the same stupid decision? Because we haven't renewed our mind yet. Why do I keep choosing these same kind of guys? Um, Because we haven't renewed our mind yet. We need to throw away that stupid list. Because God is not conformed to, he, he's not coming down to fulfill our stupid list. If we want what God wants, then we're going to have to yield our will to God's will. But that list that we have is a flesh list, five feet nine, dark skin, all this foolishness. It's limiting us because when God sent his man by or his woman by and she don't look like that list, then we're missing out on what's really on the inside for the real us is the spirit. And that's what we really need to get to know. Because how many of you know that even the devil can transform himself into an angel of light? Just because it looked good don't mean it is good. And everything that looked good is not God because we know this is true because that fruit on the tree, it looked good. It looked, it was desirable. It looked good for food. You know, it, it, it was, it looked like it can make one wise, but it was really evil. It looked good, but for real, it wasn't good. You ever seen plastic fruit? Boy, they can make them plastic fruit look real and they can really make them look good. But you, when you, you can't buy it into it, you can't eat in it. But it looks good. It looks good, but it's not good. Everything that glitters is not gold. Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. And I like to tell people, don't ignore the warning signs. Before you do it, pray about it. Because remember Jesus said, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge me. And I would direct your path Proverbs. Right, depart from evil. Do not be wise in your own eyes and depart from evil. Because when we're not acknowledging God, we're being wise in our own eyes. We thinking, Lord, I got this. 
I know what your word says, but I got this, okay? I, I don't care what your word says. I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't care what wisdom says. I'm going to buck and kick against all sound wisdom. I'm telling you, I know about this. So you know they're not saved, but you're going to marry them anyway. I say, welcome to the school of our knights. Jesus never said you would know them by how many scriptures they know, how often they go to church. He didn't say any of that. Jesus said, look at the lifestyle. If the lifestyle is contrary to who I am, look at the fruit. That's how you're going to know. Yeah, and you're also going to be able to know because what what is the fruit? Love. Do they have love? Because I am love. And if they're selfish and self-seeking, they don't have love. It, if they don't have a care or a concern for, for the people in the world, or we all should have some type of desire to help someone else because that's who God is. But we have to find in what way. What did God put in you to want to help uh, solve? You could be called into the marketplace. Maybe you like to help people uh, find houses. Maybe you like to help people. I don't know. What is it that God has put in you that you like helping people to do? That it's not just all about you. It's not so that you can be seen. It's not so people can think highly of you. How many of you know the Bible says that um, I'm, we've crucified with Christ? It's in Hebrews, I believe. I'm, cru- I'm sorry, I don't have the scriptures with me. I'm in my car. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Anyway, I'm crucified with Christ. What is he saying? It's not about what my flesh want. My flesh is dead. When Christ died, my flesh died. Right? The Apostle Paul said we must crucify our flesh daily because every day we get up, our flesh, our body gets up and our body job is to work. The devil operates through the works of our flesh. Galatians 5, 19, 20, 21, 22. Read that. Galatians 5, 19, 20, 21, 22. That talks about the works of the flesh and the fruits of the spirit. So when we see in there about the works of the flesh, the devil works through our flesh. (laughs) Hatred, envy, murder, you know, does he not? John 10, 10 tells us, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and I come that you might have life and life more abundantly. But it's the thief who come and not, but the still kill and destroy. Right. So we want to do something different. I'm trying to stick with this. We're talking about how to change, understand the process of change. In order to change our way of living, we got to change our way of thinking. When we change our way of thinking, that's when we can start making different choices. And as we change our choices, we're going to change the direction of our life. The voice that we listen to will be the voice that guides you. Are you listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit? Remember that the voice of God is never going to leave us, lead us outside of the will of God. So I don't know about you, but I thank the Father for his conviction. He said, I did not come to condemn the world, but to convict or to convince the world that they are in need of a Savior. And I'm telling you right now, if you don't have the, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, right now is the time. It's the Spirit of the Holy Spirit. He is the power. It's the Deuteronomy's power. So, Father, we pray right now. We ask that you fill your people with the Holy Spirit, Father. And you said our, our belly should flow rivers of living water. So fill us to 
overflowing Holy Spirit. Help our desires to become your desires, Lord God. It's not about us being good, but it's about us serving our God who's so very good. And and when we serve our God who's so very good with a sincere heart and our motives is not so people can think highly of us, but so people can think highly of him, Father, because you said that we must decrease so you can increase. Uh, So men will be drawn unto you when we lift you up. You said if we, Christ, when Christ is lifted up, it will draw all men unto him. And it's through the goodness of God that draws people to repentance. But let's not confuse, um, even when you're correcting someone, you're being good to them. Because people who don't care about you don't say nothing to you. I'm getting ready to end it here. But I remember one day I had this hole in my pants. I just finished walking the track. Didn't know I had the hole in the pants. I was in this uh, a place getting a money order and I was all bent over at the window. It was a bunch of people in there too behind me. No one said anything. You know why? Because I didn't have any friends in there. You say, what is a friend? A friend is not just somebody. A friend is someone who tells you the truth. If you, if you tell me the truth, I'm going to think highly of you because you're someone who will tell me the truth. Right. So I get in the car. My mom says, you have that people who don't care nothing about you won't say nothing to you, but they will talk about you. That's why I'm not into that gossip, because you know what? Gossiping about people is not going to help that person. We need to be able to talk to the person. Okay, we need to be able to deal with the issue. Because until we deal with the issue, all we're going to be doing is talking about the issue, which is going to cause us to be gossiping about the issue. Remember, Proverbs 4, 23, 24 talks about how we're to put perverse speech far from us. Um, That's how we guard our heart. Because when we're gossiping, we're not guarding our heart. When we're speaking perverse speech, words that's contrary to God's word, that's not guarding our heart. That's going to cause us to be double-minded. Being double-minded is having divided loyalty. You know how we talk about loyalty in the world. Gang members talk about loyalty and all this stuff. But really, our loyalty should be unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? So in order to make different choices, in order to change, in order to not do what we used to do, we're going to have to do the opposite. In order for me to get from where I am, to where I need to be. I'm going to have to undo some of the things I used to do. I'm going to have to change my eating habits. I'm going to have to change my way of thinking. You know, you have to change your way of thinking about how you think about that food, how you think about that cigarette. It brings me comfort. That's a lie. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. And anything that takes the place of God in our lives becomes the God of our life. That food brings me comfort. The devil is a liar. They call them deceitful foods. You know, the Bible talks about deceitful foods. You know, uh, uh, one of the brothers, I forgot his Esau, Jacob and Esau, gave up his birthright for a morsel of food. Let's not be led astray. Let's not make our choices based upon our emotions because the heart is deceitful and no man can know. It's it's very deceitful. He, he, the Bible didn't tell us to be led by our heart. It said to be led by the spirit. So let's not be led by our emotions. People say, well, follow your heart, follow your heart. No, the Bible said that the heart is deceitful. Who can know its own way? The heart can lead you astray. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Regardless of what I feel, what does the word say? Because we're making choices all the time based upon our emotions. The Bible says set our affections on things above, not on things below. Set our affections on things above, which are eternal, and not on things below, which are temporal. 
not on the temporary things that we can see because the things that we can see they're subject to change but the things which are eternal they're going to stay the same set your affections set your affections on things above let's make our decisions based upon the word of God and the decisions we're making will not lead us astray it will not lead us the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path right so we have to know get the word of God in us because we have to renew our mind to know that God's good acceptable and perfect will for our lives we have to know what the word of God is saying in order to bring forth good fruit. Okay, guys, I'm getting ready to end it here. I'm getting ready to end it here. I want to say, we have to understand the process of change. We got to renew our mind. We have to accept Jesus Christ and we don't know him. Then we have to do the process of renewing our mind so we can change our way of thinking because when we get born again, the only thing they got saved was our spirit. But our mind has got to be renewed. And as we begin to renew our mind, then we live our life according to and in line with the counsel of God. We ask God for wisdom. Lord, what do I need to do in this situation? Which way do you want me to go? What do you want me to say? I'm getting ready to end here. You guys be so blessed. I'm running out of time. You guys be blessed. Keep looking for what's good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day so you're not focusing on just what's wrong but you'll be able to see our God who is so very good and if you guys like to support this ministry this out this podcast hit that hit the support button if you'd like to leave a message on my podcast page hit that message button and just record your message and I'll get back with you join my page on Facebook Pearly Martin Podcast and um you guys be blessed be encouraged and know that life doesn't just happen it's one choice one decision at a time if you want to change the direction you're in all we have to do is repent and change the choices that we make and i know quit blaming other people for what you do and let god and you let god focus on you and say lord here i am creating me a clean heart renewing me a right spirit because at the end of the day in the beginning of the day there's no marriage in heaven and I, I'm going. We're going to have to stand before the Lord for ourselves and give account of what we did, good or evil, right from wrong. We're not going to be able to blame. When God came to the garden, Adam blamed Eve. God is this woman you gave me. Eve blamed the serpent, and that blame game keeps us from seeing ourselves. And as long as we can't see ourselves, what we do, then we'll continue to do what we do. Change cannot come without repentance. We have to be able to say, Lord. Like the prodigal son, he went back to his father's house. We have to go back to the father's house so we can do what he say. A lot of people run away from the home because they don't want to follow the rules. A lot of people run away from God because they don't want to do what he say. Not realizing and understanding that when our heavenly father, our Abba father, is trying to tell us to do something, it's not to hurt us or to harm us. It's to protect us from the evil one. It's to keep us from being led astray. It's to keep us from going the wrong way. Father God, we just thank you for being in the midst of us um, today, again today. And we pray, Father, we thank you for your wisdom as we asked earlier. We ask you for your wisdom. Um, Show us how to change, Father. Help us to make God choices. Holy Spirit, convict us, convince us um, when we're headed in the wrong direction. Father, we will be quick to hear and slow to speak, Father. We thank you that we will be a doer of your word and not a hearer only so we can bring forth your good fruit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys, please share this podcast.